Well, good morning. As Richard said, this is my first time at the table and really excited to be with you this morning and excited to, to preach the message this morning. So our passage today is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. I think this is a, a parable which all of us are probably somewhat familiar with, heard it before. Uh, it's a rather short parable, but I also think it's a really important parable for us to, to reflect on. Because in this parable, what Jesus does is he tries to explain or tell us the makeup or the character of a citizen of the kingdom of God. I mean, he answers that all important question. Who is fit or who qualifies for God's kingdom? What are the requirements for God's kingdom? Because according to Jesus... There are requirements. And really, this shouldn't surprise us. I mean, life is full of requirements. You apply to college or to grad school, there's a list of requirements that you have to meet. You apply for a job, there are requirements. And this is true of the kingdom of God. And so what this parable wants to do is it wants to show us what these are. Who qualifies for God's kingdom. Now, the passage begins by giving us the context for the parable. And this is what it says. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. So you've got this group of people and they believe that they qualify. They believe that they have met the requirements For God's kingdom. And we're told why they believe this. It says, they trusted in themselves. That's why they're confident, because of themselves. And we're also told that along with this confidence comes a self righteousness, which which is almost always there. And so they are comparing and condemning, condemning those who they think don't meet the requirements. So that's the context of the parable. And Jesus tells this parable in order to correct them. This is how it goes. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So these two men are going up to the temple. And what we need to know is that at the temple at 9 o'clock in the morning and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, there was a service where a lamb was offered for the sins of Israel. And so what would happen is during this service, when it got to that point when the lamb was going to be offered, the priest would go into the holy space to do this. But the people would not follow. They would stay outside and they would pray and they would be praying out loud. So that's where these two men are. The first man, we're told, is a Pharisee. And the word Pharisee, and we may know this, it comes from a word which means the separated one. So the Pharisees are the separated ones. And they have separated themselves because they think that everyone else out there is not taking the Torah or the word of God seriously enough. So they're going to separate themselves and they're going to take God's word seriously. Now, right here in the beginning, we glimpse a danger that comes with being serious 
about religion, serious about the faith. And the danger is this. When you are serious about religion, when you're serious about peace and justice, when you're serious about any cause, it is very easy to find other people frivolous, to see them as hypocrites. These people are Sunday Christians. And very quickly, our seriousness can breed disdain for others. And that, that was the Pharisees. I mean, the Pharisees, they did take the faith very seriously. I mean, how many of us can say that we fast twice a week, that we give a tenth of all that we own, and we pray regularly? I mean, the Pharisees, they were a people who walked the talk. I was trying to think of a contemporary group to compare the Pharisees with. And I decided the Pharisees are like those individuals who are so serious about their faith that they move out of the middle-class suburbs, they move into the inner city, they form a community there, and there they live a simple life, devoting themselves to ministry and serving the poor. You know, you read about people like that. You occasionally meet someone like that. And when you do, you feel like such a spiritual wimp, right? And that was the Pharisees. I mean, they, again, they were serious about the faith. Then you have this tax collector, the other character. And the tax collector, of course, was completely opposite. The tax collector did not separate himself from the world. He dove right into the world. He was a collaborator with the Romans. One commentator I read compared the tax collector to the bully in elementary school who would steal your lunch money. Right? I mean, the tax collector is not a good man. I mean, as parents, we would not want our children to grow up to be like this man. So Jesus says these two men, they come into the temple. There probably would have been a little bit of a shock. Right? Why is the tax collector even here? But Jesus says, first, the Pharisee begins to pray. And he, we're told, is separated from everybody else, which makes sense. He's one of the separated ones. And he prays this. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. Now look look at that prayer and think about, about that prayer for a second. This prayer is really a description of the Pharisee's life. I mean, he's describing himself. Right? He thanks God, but he thanks him that he's not like these other people, right? especially not like that tax collector. Now, what is wrong with this prayer? I mean, it does start with, thank you, God. And that's a great way to start a prayer. But, but what's wrong is that this thank you, it doesn't seem genuine. Because after he thanks God, he doesn't talk about what God has done in his life. No, instead, the attention is focused on himself. Four times in the prayer, he says, I, 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 I. I mean, the man is full of himself. The man is so grateful that he is who he is. Now, the truth is, I think, we actually 
pray this prayer every once in a while. I was talking to a good friend earlier this week about this parable, and he shared with me that he had been up in New York visiting a family member. And, and one night he was walking down the street, and there were all these interesting characters out. Uh, I lived in New York City for a while, and there's, there are a lot of interesting characters there. But he was walking down the street, and he caught himself in his mind saying, I'm thankful that I'm not like this. Right? We do this sometimes. Now, the tax collector, the other man, he is also standing apart, separated, but he's separated for a very different reason. He is standing apart because he knows that he doesn't belong here. He has no status in this place. And so when he prays, he doesn't thank God. He doesn't make any claims. He simply says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me. And Jesus says, I tell you, that man went home justified. That man fits. That man qualifies for God's kingdom. Now, here is the challenge, I think, for us. The challenge for us who are mostly middle to upper class, by and large successful. We cross our T's and we dot our I's. We are respectable people. We are. And because of that, and this is the truth, because of that, it is so much more difficult for us to get in touch with our moral and spiritual poverty. It is. You know, Simon Vey, uh, a young Christian writer, she had converted from Judaism. She makes a really neat observation about the prodigal son that I really like. She says you know, that if the prodigal son, who of course took his inheritance and blew it on riotous living and prostitutes, she says if the prodigal son, if he had acted more economically, in other words, acted more like us, if he had taken his inheritance and saved it, invested it, and lived off the interest, she says if he had lived economically, he might never have come to his senses and said, I have got to get back to my father's house. You see, the thing that we have to do, and I think we have to do this every day, is we have to find an avenue deep into our hearts so that we can become acquainted with our hearts and become acquainted with the poverty of our hearts and, and not always try to hide it not even primarily from others, but hide it from ourselves. I mean, what does it mean? What does it mean when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God? Right? Are we poor in spirit? Because according to Jesus, that's the requirement. You know, when we read this parable, and I think we do this because we're familiar with it, but we tend to identify almost immediately with the tax collector. And then we say a really soft prayer under our breath that we're so thankful that we're not like that stuck-up Pharisee, right? And of course, when we do that, we're acting just like the Pharisee. Right? 
And so I do think when we read this parable, we shouldn't identify so quickly with the tax collector. But instead, we should let the parable question us and ask us, you know, what, what character do we play? Right? What are we really trusting in? Our own efforts? What are we confident in? And to do that with joy, remembering that God's mercy and love is always present to us. Because according to Jesus, what qualifies us for God's kingdom is whether we're open to that mercy or not. Amen.